Hey girl, welcome to the Reconstructed Woman podcast. I am your host, Claire Davey, and I am so excited that you are here. If you are a woman, wife, or mama looking for freedom in Christ, get ready. The mission of the Reconstructed Woman is to help women just like you release the pain of your past, rebuild your identity in Christ, and renew your mind in truth. Girl, I love truth. I love keeping it real, and you're going to get plenty of that here. I am so excited for what God is going to do through this mic and in your life. Welcome, ladies, to our Transformation Tuesday series. I am so excited to have my guest, Amy Beaupre, on, and I am happy. Hi, Amy. Hi, how are you? So happy that you're here. Um, I want to just tell everyone who you are for a minute, and then we will get right in. Um, So Amy is a registered nurse, speaker, and writer. She is authentic, real, and she has programs that feature her testimony and help women climb out of the pit of the past and into the palace where true freedom in Jesus lives. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Um, Amy takes her audience on a journey from the pit of emotional, physical, and psychological abuse to the king of the universe. She will share the amazing ways that God showed up in her darkest hours. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. She is now Mm -hmm. featured a um, featured speaker with Mops International, a founding member of Hope Speakers, and a featured speaker with Christian Women Speakers. She's been a registered nurse for over 20 years and serves at a free medical clinic serving the uninsured and impoverished people of her community. That's amazing. She's a Christian writer authoring her first book entitled Finding Amy, and it will be available next year. She serves as a guest speaker for ladies, ministries, events, conferences, and banquets. Banquets. Hi, Amy. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I just want to thank you for being a nurse because I could never do that. And I respect you so much. I can't deal with needles and blood. (laughs) And so I just think that um, it takes a really special person to do that. So thank you. Thank you. And what an amazing thing that you do for the community for people that can't afford. Yeah, it's a blessing. I love doing it. It's so rewarding. Uh, Most of us are volunteers. So I volunteer my time. Our docs volunteer their time, but it's a full blown medical clinic. Uh, We have over 8,000 patients that we see regularly. So, and where is that located? What area? It is in Baldwin County, Alabama. Believe it or not, that's where I am. (laughs) I don't sound it. Um, But yeah, so it's Fairhope, Alabama. That's where it's located. So beautiful. That's (laughs) amazing. That is so, so good to hear because that's just one of the things I was just talking recently with my mother-in-law. They have insurance, but she's like having severe problems and she can't get an appointment in Mm -hmm. and like her hips not even working. And I'm like, how? I want someone like to advocate for that. But that's a whole nother, another topic and story, but it's true. Like, Um, so I just, I don't know, that makes my heart feel happy when I hear that there's things like that available. Yeah. 
Well, in Alabama, it's different because um, uh, there's so many people here that don't have insurance and you think they would, but it's, it's very different than other states. And so we do have to come in and, and really pick up the slack there. So yeah, it's been great. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's sad to hear though. Uh So tell me about you. So all of the amazing things I listed in your bio, I want you to kind of embellish on that. But I feel like in order for um, us to know how you got where you are today, we need to go back. And mm-hmm. so just tell us, um, this series that I'm I'm doing is Transformation Tuesday, Testimony Tuesday. I don't know how I worded it. I right. probably it wrong in the beginning than I just did. But it's truly my heart was to um, get women on here that can share their testimony. Because I mm-hmm. think not only does the Bible say that we overcome with our testimony and the blood of the lamb, but it encourages not only us when we share it, right. because we forget, right? We forget how much God has done for us. And sometimes we have to go back and look back, just glance back to realize, oh, wow, we may not be where we want right. to be yet, but we are not where we were. No, and, absolutely. <laughs> and I think it encourages women as well to hear. It just gives hope. And um, so I'm so excited to hear more about you. Tell me about your childhood and, and your salvation story. Sure, absolutely. Um, the story is, you know, when you're in it, of course, you don't realize how dysfunctional it really is. And so, you know, growing up and all of that, you develop these habits and, and ways of doing things just to protect yourself, you know, and um, I kind of disassociated quite a bit towards the end of my um, childhood. Just, it was just too difficult to associate as much with people. So um, been in therapy for quite a bit, and <laughs> which is a godsend right there. So um, as far as my childhood, my, um, my mother had a bunch of her own mental illnesses that were not diagnosed, one of them being Munchausen by proxy. And um, my dad was an alcoholic and can you, it was- Can you interrupt you, but can you tell what that is exactly? Yes, Munchausen by proxy is when somebody is looking for attention from the doctors or other people, and they kind of use their children to do that. And so I spent lots of time, my sister and I both, in hospitals and emergency rooms. We were failure to thrive babies. I weighed 13 pounds at a year old. lots of severe vomiting or just all of these things that, you know, they could never figure out what it was. Um, So they did question my, my mother as far as whether or not that was the case. And so it's documented throughout three or four different hospitals in the city that we had been to. Um, And then from there, because it was technically undiagnosed, it morphed itself into more of a narcissistic borderline you know personality disorder which was very difficult to deal with even now i mean even now um, we love her dearly but it has been quite a struggle you know to handle all of that with her my dad left so uh, we also had the abandonment issues he went to go get milk and never came home How uh, that was difficult now we were teenagers by that time and so uh 14 and 15 and oh. My mother was a full-time work at that point, and then she wasn't coming home either. So we were pretty much on our own through high school, which 
you know, if you leave teenagers home long enough, they come up with all kinds of amazing things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's where the trauma I started really um, hurting myself more so at that point, you know, just promiscuity thing, you know, and I ended up a teen mom as well. And so it took a long time. At that point, that was probably my saving grace. That was the day it all changed. Um, my mother was embarrassed, of course, because of it. So we moved outside of the state so that I could have, you know, continue on with my pregnancy. Um, at that point, we had a stepfather and the stepfather threw me down the uh, flight of stairs. I was about eight months pregnant. My sister and I packed up and went to an apartment at that point because it was just unsafe. And I remember in my bedroom just looking out this window and thinking to myself god if you're if you are if you're there and you're a god i am in big trouble i have put myself into this situation i also have all this past trauma i've never dealt with so if you're there i i really could use some help right now and it that was the switch right there i didn't even know him and i just asked and he was there so that's part of my true testimony is that anybody can do that you know, they can reach out to a God they don't know, and he will answer. We just have to look for it. I'm like a mess. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm like thinking about that, like, oh yeah. my gosh, because he says that, right? He says, just ask. And, yep. and, um, and something stood out, what you said, also to think like, you know, I think so many of us are afraid to go to God with our mess, right? Oh, yeah. Here you were only reacting out of your environment. Yeah. And no one understands that better but God. But right. we have that shame. We carry that shame of like, I've acted this way and I've acted that way. But you were treated um, unfairly and not the way that any child should you know, you deserve to be loved and not neglected, abused or abandoned. And you were all of those things. So, you know, it's natural to um, sin based out of the sin that's been done to us. And, you know, I was a school counselor and I, you know, many years ago, I guess it's been 12 years ago now. And I had a different perspective than most of the teachers because instead of looking at the kids that, you know, were promiscuous or into drugs and judging them, it was like, there's a reason why. Sure. Absolutely. That. And, and, um, so praise God for his, his answer. So how right. did he answer you? How did he show up for you? Oh, through people, of course, that's yeah. how it always goes. Right. I and so, that. Oh, I just, this, this one person that I, I truly owe my new life to. And, um, he was a customer that went into this place that I, you know, that I was working and he came in and he just, we've developed a friendship. He wanted nothing more than that. My son was already born at that point. And so, um, and I named him Joshua Michael, no Christian ad, nothing in there, but I, that, that was his name from day one. It was so cool. Anyway, I love that today for sure. Um, but this guy basically was like, you know, have you ever been to church? Um, brought me a little booklet on the book of John. And I remember reading it. I had no idea what I, what I was reading. I didn't know who John was. I closed it several times, you know. And um, But one day he came to me and said, I really feel like you're supposed to go home. 
I feel like your husband is there for you waiting. And, you know, I thought, of course, that was the baby's father. And I didn't do anything at first, but then finally I did. I literally packed up all of my things in my car and with my son in his car seat and just drove home. I didn't even know where I was going to stay. And I got home and, and like the town that you were living. It was from another state. I okay, left the state. Okay. Yeah. Okay. With my son, I left my, my family behind and I drove back to where I originally was. And okay. so, yeah. And so when I was there, I ran into an old high school friend of mine and she offered me a place to stay. And so my son and I went there with her and um, their best, her husband's best friend walked through the door and that was my husband. And I had no idea that oh. I was actually on the phone with my ex who was asking me to move in with him, you know, my son's father. At the time he walked through the door wow. and I literally just said, I got to go. <laughs> ah, that's yeah, it was really neat. It was really neat. And so through my husband, um, his twin brother and his wife were Christians. And so they kept inviting us to go to church. And so I did. And I was saved through the old 60s revelation movies. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. That is so yeah. cool. And it oh. started the whole world spinning at that point. And Wow. many different things that I did, you know, of course I'm 53, so I've got a, a lifetime of things, you know, so. yeah, that's amazing. So how did you end up? Um, did you have more children? I did. I had okay. three more children after that. Yes. We have four total and we have four grandbabies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. so, so how did you end up becoming a nurse and then passionate for women's ministry. Yeah, the, it kind of led, the nursing led into that, really. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to be a nurse. Um, I think I wanted to see the other side of that, you know, and help people as they come through that, you know, I could like tap into, you know. I mean, it, you can spot a, a narcissist a mile away, you know, yeah. once you've been through it. So things like the, the teen moms would come in. I'm, I ended up being a labor and delivery nurse, went to school after my two sons were born. So they were like eight and 10 when I went to nursing school, right. um, finished up and did my typical medical surgical thing. And then I ended up in labor and delivery. And that was the beginning of this, this deep connection to women, single moms, teens especially. Mm. Um, and from there, I moved into a nurse management position with a pregnancy resource center. Um, and I would just, it was the best job ever, really. I was able to pray with women, lead them to Christ. Um, I would do the ultrasound so I could show them their babies. I mean, that's the big fear, right? You know, you don't want to have this child. So the last thing you want to do is hear their heartbeat and see them because then you have to acknowledge that they're real. Wow. Um, yeah. I probably only lost two, two women really in this whole thing. Um, that went on to abortion. The rest, we, we did parenting classes and trained them up so they were able, you know, to to serve their children. It was great. Oh gosh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I bet a lot of emotion came up when you were seeing the teen moms in the labor. Oh, yeah. Were you yeah. in therapy at that time yet? Or did you I know it triggered you? Like how did oh, yeah. it affect you? 
Um, it's weird because I think at the day of salvation, I ended up with this um, desire to lead people to Christ in such a strong way that it almost overshadowed any triggers I may have had. Amen. So, yeah. Blessing. <laughs> yeah, it really, truly was. And I was kind of like, you know, naive to a lot of things at yeah. that time too. So it was really a big protection that I had going on. Yeah. Um, but I remember one teenage girl who walked through the door of the labor and delivery room had not had any prenatal care whatsoever. And she was 17 and she was in full-blown labor. She had mm -hmm. nobody with her at all. She had no support system. And so I went through, I stayed after my shift. I was there for two days straight, um, just walking, being her doula, really, and um, as a nurse as well. But then delivering that baby, it was just the best thing. And just seeing her heart change to, from being this person who didn't want to have a child to now holding her son and just bawling her eyes out. And oh. I mean, I would just hug her and I'm like, you can do this. I know you can do this because if I could do it, you can certainly do it. And yes. it was just, another, I have so many of those little moments that just made me cry. Uh, I, I remember saying if um, the day I stop weeping over a baby being born, I need to pack it up. Yes. And never happened. <laughs> <laughs> that is so beautiful. Oh my goodness. Yeah, wow. wow. So that is um, also the overshadowing the trauma. I love that. That's just, yeah. it makes me think of the verse where Jesus says that the light goes into the darkness and the darkness doesn't overcome the light. The light overcomes the darkness it's like when we walk into a dark room and we turn the light on right and that's yes. what, what christ does in us and and for us and through us and you know i'm a trauma survivor so i yeah. i too know the effects of that but i also love that you highlighted the gift of therapy because I think that that they're also, I think, you know, our world is finally coming around to normalizing that and taking the stigma out of it. But even the church for a long time has minimized that um, and put it in a box or not utilized therapy. And yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, we, finding a Christian therapist, if you are a Christian, that is able to walk you through the Bible as well as um, the trauma and, and has both backgrounds is huge. Yeah. It really truly is. I mean, I was terrified of therapy mostly because I just don't want to dig all that up. Who wants to go through that? But there's healing and pulling that out. You don't want to live in your past, which I guess is why I started all of this, was to pull people from the pit of their past and to set them on solid ground where they're heading towards the kingdom and the palace. Because the more you look at the palace, the less you're going to look back and stay stuck. Yeah. You start learning from that. And the therapy helps to draw you out of that as well. So, right. That's yeah. so, so amazing. I love that you use the pit. Uh, I had so many dreams of, you know, when I early on started my therapy journey and my healing journey of the pit. I, I was in the pit. I was in the pit with my abuser. Then I got yeah. out. He was in there still, which yeah. is good. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really true that um, 
God is right there reaching, you know, um, reaching for us and putting his hand down. I remember at the, one of the lowest, darkest, painful times where I was grieving my siblings, um, because I had come out with abuse, sexual abuse, and they were not ready. I think, you know, looking back, I think I probably triggered some of them and it was, you know, just an awful situation, but I felt like I wanted to die and Mm -hmm. I got a vision. I felt the Lord and I saw his hand and it was like, he was reaching for me and Mm -hmm. I barely had the strength to even like, like I was so down and defeated where I was like, just let me go. I mean, I right. saying to him, like, I don't even want to reach for your hand. I just want to die. Yeah. And, yeah. and he, um, you know, I think maybe I, I went like that. <laughs> it happened <laughs> or something. Finger. The strength, exactly. And, um, in the next part of the vision, he was carrying me. Yeah. And he yeah. showed me my family, my children, and my husband. And he said, I need, they were like over on a different island. And I'm like, I'm like checked out over here because I'm right. in pain. And they, and he was showing me like, they need you. And I'm like, how do I get to them? Because I have, I'm so far down, so deep. And um, he said, I'm going to carry you. And he carried me. Oh, <laughs> and and um, Amen. Yeah. So he does that, right? He pulls us up and out and, um, and then he gives us beauty for ashes and gifts and tools. And I love your, um, your vision of, of the palace of talk to us about that for, for a minute of looking towards that. Mm, The palace is just, you know, looking, I have, it's, it's hard to keep your eyes focused on Jesus when you have all of this stuff coming at you, you know, when there's unresolved trauma, when there's people that are still in your life that you know, probably shouldn't be, or you need, you haven't set boundaries up for those people. They can be such a huge distraction. And it took literally everything I have to focus only on him. When it gets like that, I will shut down and go into my little Bible study area and pray and reach out to him. And so that's one of my tools that I I use in some of the speaking events that I do is simply, you know, when things get rough out there, you need to go inward and start reaching even as hard as you can for Jesus and start, you know, letting his word just overcome you. And I can't tell you how many times my worship music is on the minute I wake up in the morning. And if it's not, that'll trip me up. It really will. Yeah. So you just, it's, it's a deliberate attempt, you know, to continue to follow him. And then he just starts opening all of these doors up for you. I mean, is it perfect? No, of course not. You know, we still live in a sinful world. So we're always going to be, you know, having to deal with those things. But um, the, the focus on the palace and knowing that's where you're headed, that's where you're going. It gives you this energy to continue to want to serve him and to reach out and, and reach out to others. I'm such an evangelist. That was like my first gift was to evangelize. Didn't always go so well when you're not trained. 
<laughs> and people would say, can you just stop talking about Jesus for just one minute? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. You've yeah. always had that gift. Well, yeah, I, it's so funny because I have that gift of evangelism too. And, you know, yeah. even during my high school days where I was, you know, partying, I'm like, you know, drunk, high, talking about Jesus. And like, that's not the way to do it. But no, I, was hurting. No. I was hurting and I was yeah. um, coping. And it's just funny because I have many of those stories as well. Oh, I'm sure. Like, sure you do. That that gift was always there, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, but you that I love that you said the energy and your place because women really need to hear that. Um that's how it was for me as well. When I, I went through a deliverance, a three-day deliverance and a three-day encounter with the Lord, when I faced the pain of my past that I had been in denial about, and it was this acceleration after, you know, releasing so much of the pain, but I learned that he really was my strong tower, my stronghold. And I knew I'd have to go into the closet. My place was the closet. And it was like, mm -hmm. and everything comes out of worship word intimacy with him. And I love yes. that you said energy because yes. I truly found my energy in him as well and i mean right. he is right he, the light think about energy is, is oh, oh sure yeah the strength energy. that he gives you to overcome yes. so many so many traumas in your life i mean you're a walking testimony and miracle right there yes you know and and you have to not look at the people of your past for um you know just that approval I went through that a lot. Every time I would do something new, I would constantly try to pick up the phone and call, you know, and there was no reciprocation there. And I had to really break that off and realize that I don't need someone's approval to do this. The only approval I need is God's approval. Wow. And that's what has fueled me. That's so so true. Mm -hmm. I worked on that. I can remember. I called them again. They don't care. They're not happy. Get, right? They're not. Well, stop doing it then, Claire. It took me <laughs> yeah. years to get that. Right. Years. But when we're abandoned and neglected and abused and rejected and we're not loved by our parents the way that God designed the way he, yeah. he designed, we were never meant to be wounded. And so right. listening, you know, it's just a process and God yes. is so gentle with us. But I, yes. every once in a while, that'll still pop up for me. But I feel like I had to go through so much rejection mm -hmm. to find the approval in him. Like yes. it was almost like he allowed it, not only by my siblings and my parents, like they rejected me in my pain, then they rejected me in my healing, then they rejected me in my success. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, like just, you know, yeah, yeah. but yes. then it came in circles. It came in churches. It came in women. It came through, and I had the personality like, I just want to be loved. I just want everyone yeah. to like me. I like everyone. Why don't you? Why can't everyone right. be nice? I'm so confused yes. here. And the Lord's mm. like, you uh, need to learn that the approval can't come from man. 
No. It's linked in with that fear of man, right? And it's hard when someone you've trusted, a spiritual mentor that doesn't agree with what God is calling you to do. And, and, you know, I have had it all, the church, the mentors, the every type. And, And I would just say to the women listening, go into your secret place with God. And, and that, if you're getting rejected like that, he wants to um, teach you that his affirmation is, is it. Yes, it. absolutely. A hundred percent. It matters. Yeah. 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 You move so much further, you get further and faster yes. <laughs> when you're actually only thinking about what it is he wants for you just in that day. And sometimes just staying in that day is hard. <laughs> looking too much towards the future, you have no idea what he's going to do. So you have to stay right where you're at in that one day and do whatever it is that you feel that he's called you to do. And, you know, truly asking him to bless what it is. I always ask him, please put up a giant brick wall that I smash into if it's something you don't want me to walk into. Yes. And and he has, and it does hurt. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yes and so, amen. I I mm. love it. I couldn't agree more. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so amazing. So tell me about the speaking and the heart. Oh, Obviously, you're an evangelist, so <laughs> the yeah, the speaking works really well, and I like to talk. So you know, yes. I don't use it for good. <laughs> exactly. Right. That. Yeah. So the speaking started probably when I was working at the pregnancy center and teaching. I've been doing a lot of teaching and then teaching in um, girl youth groups and high school girls classes. And then it kind of morphed a little bit more and they asked me to speak at MOPS. And so I'm a MOPS speaker as well. It's great. And, that, and that's more on the homeschooling side of things because oh. we had ended up homeschooling our kids as wow. well, wow. which right till graduation, don't ask me how, but... <laughs> I was a nurse, not so much the homeschooling type. It took about three years of God breaking me down to get me there. So, um, yeah. So, but the speaking, I love so much. It just, you know, I knew it was something I needed to do. I knew God was saying it's time to move, you know, to just get out of your comfort zone. I gave you a testimony and I want you to share it. And so I just started small you know, and going into, you know, youth groups, uh, any ministry, really women's ministry. And I just spoke at um, a rehabilitation home for women who have just been released from prison. And that was amazing. You know, when you have like 50 to 75 women just hanging on your every word, because they want so badly to be on the other side of where they are. You know, it's just a moving experience. You know, I get as much out of it as they do. So, gosh, that's so beautiful. So to to wrap up, what would you tell the woman that feels like she doesn't have a testimony? I I hear that. Do you hear that a lot? I hear that a lot. Like, well, I don't have a testimony, so I don't. Yes. Especially women that um, grew up in the church. I hear that a lot from, you know, pastors, kids, or, you know, just that, well, I didn't have this radical transformation, so I don't have this giant story that will move people. But people that grow up in the church actually have an even bigger testimony. They just don't realize that they do. And so, 
you know, dig deep, look back, you know, we all have a history. So you look back, one of the tools that I give is um, having um, a prayer journal, not just to write your prayers down, but to have a date, the prayer, and then go back when that's been answered by God two months, three months later, whatever, six months, and write the date it was answered and how he answered it. Because as you go through even just six months of that, you will look back and see God weaving in and out and throughout your whole life. And you'll pull the testimony from all of that. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. That's so good. Um, because we forget, right? We yeah. forget what... Yeah how much he's done right oh it's yes so definitely. Easy to forget. it is yeah especially when you're wrapped up and busy in your life you know but i always have to stop myself and make sure that i'm constantly praying and i'm i'm always looking back but it's it isn't to stay there it's always exactly. looking back so i can say wow i cannot believe you did that how did you get me out of there yes you know how did you save my son yes. and just just a quick wrap up um my dad w was a truck driver so it took us a long time finding him and um but towards the end of his life he developed cancer because he was drinking and smoking lighting his cancer on fire and ended up with throat cancer so i took him in for three years went radiation every single day um i went to this hotel that you know because they had to go so many times so i stayed with him through christmas wow. and the holidays my kids came my husband came up to the hotel it was right next to the hospital anyway so we we went through all of that he came on on hospice with us but my oldest son was in college and he called me and said i need to come home i need to talk to grandpa all right come on home and so he came home he goes mom come with me because he needs to hear about jesus one more time and so he, I was doing it forever. So was my sister. Um, but my son went in there and prayed with him. He accepted Christ that night. And so. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It was awesome. It was so wow. beautiful. So we were all there with him when he passed. He said he loved all of us, apologized, even apologized to my mother, apologized. you know, for what he had done. And so we know where he is. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I just, yeah, it was just a beautiful thing. It truly was. I'll never forget that. So, oh my gosh. You know, don't so lose heart. <laughs> yeah. See, that's such a gift to not yeah. hope, to not, you know, stop praying for your relatives. Right. Not right yeah. or not well or not safe. Yes. All of just the keep above. on praying. You have to keep wow. on praying. And what a heart that you had to give to serve him after he. That's truly the love of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Really, because people don't want to hear what you have to say. They want to know you love them first. Yes. And that's tough. Yeah. It's tough to love people who have hurt you. And yes. some people you can't get through to. Some people it's too toxic to be able to reach out to them. But there are those. They'll show back up again in your life. And you never know how you're touching someone's life. It's amazing the the people that contact me and say, you know, I know you thought I wasn't listening, but I really was listening and wow. watch their lives change. So it's really exciting. And that is beautiful. And that is what God does. He does that for us, right? Yeah. Like all, yeah. all because of him and just the hope that we have in him is so life-giving. It's yeah, so life-giving. Well, I am so grateful for you. Um, where can we connect with you on social media? 
Sure. Instagram is a good place. You can message me through there as well. I do have my website as well. Um, but I'm pretty much on Instagram. I try to be <laughs> as much as I can. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have um, your website is, and I'll attach it all in the show notes for the listeners. Okay. But sure. Amy Bope. No, Beaupre. Beaupre. Oh, yes. Amy Yeah. And Instagram, it is Amy Beaupre official. Great. Great. Okay. Well, I am um, so grateful that you came on and shared your story and all the goodness that God has done in your mm-hmm. life. And I just thank you so much for being here and you'll have you to come, so back, come back soon and on a different topic. Sure. No problem. (laughs) Thank you, you, Claire. It was good to see you again. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Reconstructed Woman podcast. To join the journey, head over to the reconstructedwoman.com. Here's to freedom.